reading this morning comes to us from my colleague, the Reverend Alice Blair Wesley, titled Covenant. And she writes, though our knowledge is incomplete, our truth partial and our love uneven, from our own experience and from the witness of our faith tradition, we believe that new light is ever waiting to break through individual hearts and minds to illumine the ways of humankind, that there is mutual strength in willing cooperation and that the bonds of love keep open the gates of freedom. Therefore, we pledge to walk together in new ways of truth and affection as best as we know them now or may learn them in days to come, that we and our children may be fulfilled, that may, we may speak to the world with words and actions of peace and goodwill. The words you just heard in our reading this morning are from Reverend Alice Blair Weasley. She's a retired minister, and they're written over 21 years ago now. She offered them up at a series of lectures that are called the Min's Lectures. It's a sort of symposium of Unitarian Universalist thought and theology. Her topic was simple, the power of covenant, the importance of covenant, the meaning of covenant. Covenant is one of those words we use as Unitarian Universalists that can get lost in the noise. It's not that we say it without meaning it. It's not that it's a hollow theological word. Instead, and maybe this is just me, we hear the word so often these days in Unitarian Universalist circles that it can fade in the background. It's like the foundation of your home. You don't really think about it unless there's a problem with it, right? I believe that is what covenant has become for us. It's the foundation of Unitarian Universalism. And it's when our communities falter, or we have disagreements among ourselves, or we mess up as all humans do, knowingly and unknowingly, it's only then that we remember covenant is always there, supporting everything else, including whatever our present discomfort or trials may be. Now, if you find yourself wondering what Unitarian Universalists mean by the word covenant, you're not alone. And get unless, again, unless you really ponder and research the foundation of your home, it's just there. It's a given that it'll do its job. It doesn't demand much contemplation. But this is where the home metaphors start to fall away. Because covenant isn't supposed to just be supporting us out of sight and out of mind. It's there to envelop us, hold us, and be inwardly digested. I could say that all day. I love that phrase, inwardly digested, becoming a part of our internal dialogue, but also outwardly expressed by our living. Covenant isn't just Charlton Heston as Moses coming down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, though for our Jewish siblings, it is the law and what it represents the promise to Abraham and Moses. It isn't just the covenant of Jesus of Nazareth breaking bread and sharing wine, a symbol of confronting empire and oppression and of remembering divine love, though it so is for our Christian siblings. It isn't the covenant many indigenous populations have woven into story, culture, and living in the land and of the land, though it is for them. It's all those things and so much more. It's a sacred promise that holds humanity in relationship to ourselves, to nature, and in community. For Unitarian Universalists, it's both our shared history and our lived experiences. It's our eight principles, 
but also our local stories and history right here in Kentucky. It's the expansiveness of our theologies, but also the commitment to that expansiveness. To put a period at the end of a sentence about covenant misses the point. It's always a comma, always more to add, always more ways of figuring it out, always new relationships and new mishaps and new surprises. And granted, there are expressions of covenant in our communities that have good, solid boundaries, such as our covenant of right relationship, our aspirations for how we will relate to one another. But where the comma comes in is how we hold one another when we inevitably mess up. When we seek to be in right relationship with one another again and again and again. Any reading of the Torah will show you clearly that the covenant between God and the Hebrew people was not a one-and-done deal. It was a continual story of mishap and mending. And so it is for us, this religion of the here and the now, between each other. Another story of mishap and mending. I begin today with covenant because it is both at the core of who we are and a key to understanding this way of being religious. And when I say religious, I mean of being spiritual in community. It's at the heart of a phrase we hear and say week after week, and it might sound familiar to you. We celebrate an historic faith with a radically progressive theology. That's a loaded statement right there. And it is steeped in covenant. And we begin with history with that statement. An historic faith. The wording there is intentional. How many of you have told people you attend a Unitarian Universalist congregation only to be met with a bewildered reply? A you know what? What is that? I've never heard of that. Is that something new? Is it Christian? And then we find ourselves having to launch into whatever our preferred elevator speech is about who we are as a religious people. Now, I've heard plenty of terrible elevator speeches. I've, I've given plenty of terrible elevator speeches myself. It's hard when you're put on the spot with a religious tradition like ours. We are not a faith community that is conducive to a short elevator ride. Unless it's in the Sears Tower in Chicago or perhaps, I don't know, <laughs> Rockefeller Center, something like that. <laughs> the only advice I will ever give for how you talk about this place, this faith with others is to simply speak from the heart. Tell people what it really means to you. Invite them to discover it for themselves. It's a word that we call testimony. It's what we call testimony. Our world doesn't want to hear shallow platitudes about who we are. People want to hear how this place has been life-saving or life-giving. They're looking for connection. They're looking for meaning. And it's as simple as that. But I'm digressing here. When we are confronted with the questions of who and what, you start to realize that Unitarian Universalism likes to be behind the scenes. We're not really a tradition that's all about publicizing. That can change, of course. That's, you know, that's not, doesn't have to stay that way. But because of that, even many of our members forget, including ministers, that there is a deep well of history available to all of us to draw from. That we need not know all of our history but we should understand that we aren't making this up as we go along. That there is 
There are luminous heretics, people like you and me, ministers, mothers, brothers, retirees, professionals, people figuring out, people worse for wear, and so on, who dared to believe differently. And the power of that history isn't in dates and statistics, but in understanding how the past gave birth to this moment. And so, yes, we are an historic faith. The ultra-progressive children of the Puritans, among the first to march with communities of color and civil rights, the first to advance LGBTQ liberation, both in our communities and in our faith communities, to lift up the ministry of women, all those communities, past and present, who've spoken truth to power in Hungary, Romania, England, Germany, and the Philippines, and India, here, among, and around us, and so on. Now, it's no surprise that I love history. I say this pretty much every sermon. It's a wondrous thing, but there's also a seduction in history, a seduction to simply languish or maybe just get comfortable. History shows us how others have expressed co the covenant that holds us and nurtures us, but we cannot get comfortable thinking others have done it for us. Right now, right here is where the other piece of that statement comes in. An historic faith with a radically progressive theology. Now those words, radically progressive, we could spend hours unpacking them if we wanted to. We could debate them all day if we like. But here's where the inward digestion comes in. Words do matter, they have power, but they are not just vehicles of etymology. They can be feelings, transcendence, awakening. That's a tall order for two words in a welcome statement, but I believe it is possible and available to each of us. To be radically progressive in our theology, sure, you might go, that's great, good work, that sounds nice, moving on, right? We said it, done. It's something we say. But if we slow down for a moment and let the words sink in, let those two words provoke a question, maybe as simple as this, how have we been changed by Unitarian Universalism? That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Changing, saving, and inspiring lives. If the answer is not yet, that's okay too. That's a good answer. To be radically progressive in our theology means in part letting go of etched in stone goals and destinations. For our only goal is to live lives of wholeness. And that's not something you can etch in stone. And our only destination is this moment. Though beloved community is often spoken of as some far off hope, we can still get a glimpse, just a glimpse right now and right here. The dream of being radically progressive can pierce through that veil of far-flung ideals and be available to us. It asks of us a willingness to risk, to experiment, to realize that though failure comes upon us in our explorations, failure doesn't mean we are bad or stupid or unworthy. This is why we have covenants, to hold us in this experiment called church. Now here's something I wish I learned as a minister that I wish I learned back in seminary, or perhaps even in college or high school or even middle school, I wish I learned this, right? It's a Captain Obvious lesson. Humans mess up. I mess up time and time again. I am no exemplar, even though I'm wearing this stole around my neck. Things I've tried haven't worked often in spectacular, glorious ways. And I've been all too human and crusty, this past year especially. Things I've hoped for have crashed and burned. And yet, 
Isn't it wonderful? What is your relationship to your humanity, to each other's humanity? Is failure a four-letter word for you? Time to let that go, just a little bit. We mess up. We fail, we blunder, we make mistakes. It isn't just church that is an experiment, life is. Maybe mystery is a better word. It all sounds so simple. I could go to the bookstore right now and find at least 50, 40 titles, I don't know how many, that tell you this same thing. But in a country that still suffers under the shadow of the Protestant work ethic, we, the overworked, under-vacationed, Sabbath-deprived, onward and upwards inhabitants of the United States of America, the invitation to risk, to experiment, to fail as well as succeed, to mess up, to forgive both ourselves and others, to rest and remember joy, to promise to be human with all of the mess and glory, that is radically progressive today. We can be so hard on ourselves, can't we? If this were a chapter in a theology book, it would be named after that good old Jackie DeShannon song, put a little love in your heart for yourself and then the world. Being radically progressive begins with how we relate to our humanity and the humanity of those next, around, around us and near us. And it includes those people in our lives where relationships are broken. That's a deep place to be. It is a lot inwardly digest. The outward expression of it though, can be a little more concrete. We radical progressive religious folks look to this moment, this day, wherever we find ourselves as a bright shining cathedral. We love our church, our grounds, our sanctuary, but we know that the, what the luminaries of our past knew, that the holy can be found everywhere. We radicals look to the oppressions of our day and say, not today. No, we will not be idle observers, but active participants in the dismantling of injustice and breathing life in the beloved community. We will participate both in our liberation and the liberation of this world. We see conversations and passion and participation in anti-racist work, not just as work, but as something holy. We look to confronting patriarchy in any hierarchy and instead free ourselves from the weight of binaries, male, female, gay, straight, black, white, atheist, theist, either or. And instead lean into both and ways of being and living. Ways that create expansiveness. Ways that center collaboration and consensus over top-down systems we've inherited. And there's, there's an irony there, right? I recognize it of saying that as your spiritual leader. Though if I'm honest, I believe ministers are at their best when they lean more into being spiritual facilitators. We look to our care of the environment as an ethic our world needs desperately. And with the looming climate crisis, the, climate cri the crisis that's here, already here, it'll be a radical act to grieve and adapt what is awaiting all of us. We say and we mean it when we do that church can be a place of healing and hope a place that reintroduces us to our own selves in a forgiving, loving way. We Unitarian Universalists, we atheists, theists, pagans, druids, Jews, mystics, Catholics, blue-collared, white-collared, retired, young, old, reinvented, Jesus-free, Buddha, Dharma, spiral-dancing, goddess and Gaia-affirming, queer and trans and gay or bi or not sure or all of the above, wanderers, worshipers, here we are with our historic faith. 
our radically progressive theology. And yet, I went out of order. It begins with celebration. We celebrate an historic faith with a radically progressive theology. Why should our humanity, our covenants, our promises, our history, our traditions, new and old, our stories, our failures and successes, why shouldn't we celebrate them? And here's what I believe. I believe covenant is a celebration. It's not just a dusty tome or words etched in stone. It's a celebration of discovery. The discovery of what it means to forge a community such as ours, the discovery of what we don't know, the discovery of the fullness of our humanity, the discovery of this path and the richness it offers us individually, but so much more in community. It's as the Reverend Alice Blair Wesley said in her poem about covenant, and she writes again, though our knowledge is incomplete, our truth partial and our love uneven, we believe that new light is ever waiting to break to illumine the ways of humankind, that the bonds of love keep open the gates of freedom. And thus do we covenant. Blessed be. Amen. <laughs>